It really is an undertaking, putting on a funeral, so it is work. Um, and it's an undertaking? It's an undertaking. No pun intended? Pun fully intended. Um, here I am. You can't go back to a whatever a normal job is after seeing the shit that you see here. We're kind of hiring. It's really weird, because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me, because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> I mean, everyone's gonna die. Someone's gotta do it, might as well be me. Holy moly, it is wonderful to be back. What's up, everybody? Uh, I, I, I do wanna say, I apologize for the long break. Uh, very long break this time, uh, but when you ask me, you know, Yoni, you know why uh, have you not had an episode out in so long? I do have legitimate excuses. I, I've been busy making some music, lots of music uh, for you guys to hear, which is already starting to uh, creep out of the coffers. Cannot contain itself within the iron-doored coffers to which it was quarantined. And it, it's it's coming out now. You've possibly heard already one movement, as it were, EP, as they call it in the commercial world. And, uh, you know, they, they will uh, keep seeping out. And I hope you guys enjoy that. In other news, uh, well, shit. My house is getting painted. Now this is a long time coming. This is this has been a blight on the neighborhood and an eyesore on the block. Uh, dirty, dirty looks from all the neighbors and passers buyers alike. Uh, but I have a, a lovely gentleman who has been coming over and painting, and that's lovely. Also, the big news, the elephant in the room for me is well, I, I am, by the time you're listening to this, I'll probably be uh, right there under the knife, but I'm getting a surgery in, in uh, a couple days, or maybe in a day or the day that you're hearing this. Uh, so wish me luck on that. Please send your good wishes. Uh, should make, hopefully should make my life uh, a lot more enjoyable and, and uh, give me a little bit of ease and comfort. Um, you know, I've had Crohn's disease for, for, for many years, and uh, this is a long time coming. Um, this is a long time coming. So hopefully, hopefully this will help. Um, but that said, I'm gonna be knocked out of the game for a while. Now they do say, you know, they're, they're, they told me in the sort of pre-op meeting, they said, yeah, day of surgery, we want you, you know, getting out of bed to uh, go to the bathroom and stuff like that. So they do want me sort of mobile, but I'm not allowed to drive or lift things and whatnot, and I have to spend a couple nights in the hospital. Now that is what I'm most terrified about. I have an intense phobia of, of hospitals and have since I was little and uh, I think 12, because I think it was seventh grade, and I just had all these uh, low-grade fevers. Every day I would have a fever of like, you know, 
99.8 or something, you know, like whatever, a low grade fever, 100 degrees, you know what I mean? 100 degree fever. Um, and, you know, I just would feel super fatigued and headaches and stuff. So I just, but no one could figure out what it was. And I was carted around to doctor after doctor and, and you know, referral after referral, all different kinds of doctors. So, you know, from uh, cardiologists, and they thought they heard a murmur, but they, then I haven't heard anything of it since. I don't think I have that. And then uh, I don't—I don't even know the kinds of doctors I was sent to because I don't—I think gastroenterologists and uh, oncologists. Uh, and I went to like the, the the cancer ward at the children's hospital, like children that are that are terminal. And that just—you know—being an, an empathic person. Uh, that as a as a as a like a t 11 12 year old kid that just really um, scared me I think it scared me and then I remember in the oncology department I'm like sitting there and like all the kids are sort of playing around me as much as they could they were pretty beat down um, and I remember um, you know the, the phlebotomist the, the 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 person who sticks you with the needles just could not find a vein. It was just like poking around in my arm for a long time. Just, just these like sort of trauma memories uh, that that I have tucked away. And I, it sounds like real pussy shit, you know. And I don't mean to to uh, minimize or, or uh, delegitimize the female anatomy genitalia, but uh, sure, it sounds like maybe I, I, I'm just a a, uh, a wuss. I don't know what the what another word is I can say, but I, I'm just sensitive. What am I gonna say? I, I'm an HSP, right? Highly sensitive person, as opposed to to a uh, PYT or whatever, which I also have been that at times in my life. But you know, that's how it is for me. And there's a scent of soap uh, that I smell from time to time that uh, just brings back memories of the hospital when I was that age. Uh, one of the many visits, and I think this was the emergency room that I went to. But yeah, so uh, the, the very, very uh, palpable and and potent sense memories that are that have led to a sort of phobia. Uh, that's all to say, I, I, I'm not looking forward to uh, staying at that hospital. And I, I'm assuming they will put me to sleep with something or other because it ain't going to happen naturally. So we'll see what happens if you hear my my breath sort of clenching and, and tightening, um, that's why. There's a certain, a certain fear there, and I'm not, not ashamed to admit it. I am ashamed to admit it, but I'm gonna admit it nonetheless, because that's, that's, that's how I feel. Uh, and I, I mean, there's other legitimate fears there with the hospital, is that people catch all kinds of fucking uh, bacteria infections. You got the superbugs hanging out in every corner and crevice uh, of the hospital. So hopefully those things won't come home with me. I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. I think everything's going to be good. I think the, the outcome uh, of the surgery is going to mean a lot for, for my life and uh, just my, my, my energy and my ability to eat different foods that I haven't been able to eat in many, many years. Um, and I don't mean like, I want to eat ice cream. I mean like, would be nice to eat like broccoli or, or blueberries, you know, things that, that uh, I have not been able to t 
tolerate for many, many years. And those are just two of the many, 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 many things. Okay, enough, enough about that. Hopefully, hopefully, the day of the surgery, I will not have to run into Undertaker Katie. Hopefully, I won't be seeing her, or rather, she won't be seeing me on that day. Because, uh, you know, she comes for certain reasons. You guys, in light of this new music seeping out in the world, we do have a tour. That is my band, Y, has a tour. Okay, W-H-Y question mark. The U.S. tour uh, is in uh, August, September. And for all those dates and ticket links, you can go to whywithaquestionmark.com slash tour. W-H-Y-W-I-T-H. A Q U E etc. Why with a question mark, all spelled out. dot com slash tour. Get your tickets now. The last tour we did, we sold out many of the shows. So go and do it now to ensure your spot, folks. If you like this podcast, if you listen to it often, uh, go on over to Patreon. dot com slash the Wandering Wolf and pledge your undying support and love. For the podcast. Now, I know it's hard to be a listener when the episodes aren't even really coming out very often at all. True. True. And I, and I will be the first one to admit that and, and say that uh, it's not it's not fail. It's not fail. I know. I know. But I'm going to do my best. I got two more in the hopper right now. I'm going to do as soon as I feel okay. Uh, I am going to edit and, and give you an update on my life and put those out in the world. Those are both excellent talks uh, that I think you'll be excited about. But yeah, go over to patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf. Give a little something. Those that give $5 a month or more, you know who you are. You become my executive producers. And I shout you out at the end of every episode, as I will on this episode. Today on the podcast is an undertaker friend known simply as Katie for our purposes here. I have known Katie for about 10 years, maybe, I would say. Um, loosely, you know, I, I don't see her all the time, but but I run into her from time to time. And she is a lovely individual, uh, very thoughtful, very deep, and I'm proud to know her. And, 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 and she brought up the idea of doing the podcast. She said, hey, you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts. I think it might be of interest uh, to speak to me. And sort of gave me the rundown of what she's up to nowadays. And I said, hell yeah, that sounds uh, right up my alley and something that I'd like to know a little more about. I would never want to do her job, but she sounds incredibly cut out for it and way stronger than me. I went over to her house and we had a conversation little 45-minute conversation that you will be privy to imminently. Please welcome to the podcast my friend, Undertaker Katie. First of all, this is a weird neighborhood. It is weird. I live right down the street from a funeral home. The one that you work at? No. Different one. Different one. Um, There's like no one that lives here. It's very strange very strange area. It's like super industrial feeling, you know? Yeah, we're um, kind of hemmed in by the 75 
McLaughlin split? Hemmed. That's what I was thinking. Um, so you said you're doing well, but last night was weird. What? So you've you just been up all night? Uh, pretty much. I slept for a couple hours. I don't want to lie or claim that I, I didn't. But um, yeah, I got a call at 9 p.m. And uh, that call turned into three more calls. And I finally got home at 1.30. So just like back to back to back, people were dying. And uh, yeah, finally, finally got home. Went to bed, got up around seven. Jeez, and then you go back to work. Mm-hmm. More people die. More people die. <laughs> good, good for business, bad for, I guess, families. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. So you, and that's how it works. You're just, you're on call most of the time? Yeah, um, like my month, I, I think of my, my work in month, uh, fragments and um, 58% of my my month is spent on call just 24 7 uh, you got to go and pick them up no matter what you're doing and the rest of the time is at the at the mortuary just do what like yeah, doing paperwork at the funeral home I have to do paperwork um, what's the difference between a mortuary and a funeral home I don't think there really is one um, I guess like mortuary is more of a broad term like you could be working at a morgue or a like the county morgue or Funeral home or got it. Mortuary school, whatever. Funeral home is like a private. Yeah, whatever. yeah. It's like yeah. it's like the retail industry yeah. or aspect of the industry, selling caskets and shit. Yeah. Are you do so? And do you do that aspect? Do you find yourself like trying to upsell people into a know. into like a more fancy casket? And Absolutely shit? not. Um, but that's just me personally. I mean, I'm sure that there are people that do that, but. Um, I'm not there to make money. I'm not there to promote Batesville's new casket. Um, I'm there because I like working Batesville's with. Batesville's one of, is the. Yeah, yeah, that's like the uh, big yeah casket company. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not there to believe it or not. Despite <laughs> what people think, I'm not there to just swindle people. Who do people think that? Like I customers. Say so. I mean, like families. Yeah, I don't really call them customers because that seems like. Like I work at a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, they, um, I mean, funerals are expensive. I don't know if you've had to plan one. I've never paid for one, but. Yeah, they get really fucking pricey. It's ridiculous. So let's just go back a little bit. I'm just Mm -hmm. curious how you got into this sort of thing. Um, And if this was like a lifelong dream or if this was something that just sort of happened upon you. You know, I didn't see you for some years, and then you 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 pop up. And you're like, I'm an undertaker. Yeah, okay. just like we emerge. All right, you know, that's a little. I mean, that's just you're young. You know, you're. You, when I think of an undertaker, I think of like an old man with dark circles under their eyes. Yeah, yeah, some like lurch shit. Or yeah, uncle, yeah, whatever. Um, but you're not that way. What, no. You know, what what happened in your life? Um, Who hurt you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who died, really? Um, no, there was like no really big event. It's just, it boils down to the fact that like everyone, everyone's always affected by death, right? I mean, you can't escape that. Um, and it just feels like a calling to me that, um, I don't know, working any other job just seems not um, real, maybe? Like when I worked at Kroger or something like that, um, people got mad over 
how thin or thick their deli sliced meat was. And that, like, why, why deal with people's bullshit like that when I can actually um, put my energy into something that's uh, powerful and like transformative? It's a deep thing. But what was the, how did the idea? The impetus? I, I don't know. Okay, here's, I have a really bad memory and it boils down to that that I can't remember. However, there's like a couple memories that stick out with my experiences with death when I was younger. The first one when I, was when I was, um, I don't know, like six or seven. Um, and I, my grandfather died and I saw him in the casket and it just didn't look, he didn't look like himself. He looked sort of like a mannequin. Um, and I wanted to touch his hand, but I was too afraid to. And I sort of just silently regretted that for the rest of my life. Like that was the last time I could um, physically feel my grandfather and, and I didn't do it. Um, what would that have done for you, do you think? Probably not to, nothing. Not to derail you, but... Probably nothing, really. Um, I probably would have just touched him and been like, wow, that's cold, and went about my seven-year-old life. Um, but the, the regret is what really stuck with me. Um, and then fast forward to, I don't know, I was about 19 or something, my grandmother died. Um, and I don't know what popped into my head, I guess just the fact that I through like pop culture knew that it existed, I wanted to put um, the makeup on my grandmother because that's what you do. Um, and the funeral Well, well that's not what the grandchild does. Well, no, is but it? like, we can be. I it mean, can be. It's, we're, we're so detached from, from death that, you know, people don't think that they can do that, but that's your loved one. Um, and honestly, I wanted to do that just because it seemed like a really absurd thing to do. Like, it's like putting, I don't know, makeup on a stuffed pig or something like that. No offense, Grandma. but um, So did you bring, you brought that idea up to your folks? Yeah, I was like, hey, Mom, I want to do that. And she said, okay, well, when I go and do the arrangement conference, I'll bring that up. And she brought that up, and um, they, yeah, made a time for me to come in and do her makeup. And that was really, really pleasant, like very quiet work, obviously. Um, yeah, and just really nice, a nice way to spend um, last, I don't know, last time with my grandmother. Um, and fast forward now, I think this is really wonderful that um, I'm working at that same funeral home. So that's the funeral home that. Yeah. And did they did they remember you? Um, I mean, probably not, because. It's almost a decade ago, I guess. Yeah, about that, and. Um, well, I, there's not too much turnover, I wouldn't think. In the no, no, home. I mean the person who the woman who led me in and like gave me the makeup and whatever. She's now my boss. So yeah, it's still the same people that work there, but they wouldn't remember me because they bury so many people. They all just sort of blend together. But isn't that a rare request? Um, kind of, but I've had people since I've started working um, want to do it. I, I actually recently had a family come in and I was under the impression that they wanted to do the makeup because a daughter or whatever was a uh, cosmetologist. So I had the woman all laid out in her casket and ready for them like dressed and everything, just no makeup. And when I uh, met them at the front door and explained to them, like, okay, we're gonna walk in, you're gonna see her in the casket. You know, you gotta like prepare people for this. Um, they're like, oh, wait, she doesn't have her makeup on? We were just coming in just to like, okay it, just to make sure that it was up to, to our standards. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry that like, game of telephone, I'm, I didn't get that message. But um, at first I thought they were kind of hesitant that. Like, did they want me to go do it, do her makeup right then and there or something like that? But we, um, we went to the casket room together and we just started putting the makeup on together and the, the daughter was 
very appreciative. Um, she didn't realize that that's what she, not necessarily needed, but like wanted to do that she didn't, that never crossed her mind. We're just so hands off. So you did it with, with her? Yeah, yeah. And did you, did you sort of talk her through it or? Um, it's, it's pretty natural. I mean, there's no like, there's no science behind it. She just started doing the fingernails. She was painting her mom's fingernails and I was working on her mom's lips or whatever, just putting lipstick on. Um, yeah, there was no instruction needed. Okay, but let's, you were going through sort of things that pushed you in this direction. So you're 19, you put the makeup on your grandmother, mm -hmm. then what? Um, then I, I just sort of floundered about like a 19-year-old would uh, for a while. Didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, dropped out of, out of school. I was in um, UC's English program for a while. Um, then I got a job and just like worked real hard, saved up money. And I don't, I don't know what changed. I think it was just the fact after a couple of years of I'm not in school, I'm just dicking around. Um, I'm gonna get my shit together. So I did and I applied to mortuary school and got in. Because of those memories? Yeah, um, I think so. And I've always been sort of like a, a morbid person, like vaguely goth, if you want to describe it as that. I don't know. Um, it just seemed natural. I always found you vaguely goth. Yeah, vaguely goth. Goth light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goth light. You, did, you were just listening to The Cure mm -hmm. when, I was, when I walked in here. Yeah, it, when I got into them pretty heavy recently, I thought, like, oh my gosh, I'm a cliche, just like pulling up to like house calls in my van with like the cure blasting. It's like, oh yeah, I gotta turn that down. People don't need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and how's it been for you? Like what, you know, you seem to place a lot of importance on the job and you know, it seems like meaningful to you. Yeah, my job's my life. Um, gosh, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. I used to be a very depressed person. And I, I won't say that I'm, I'm a happy person now that I'm just like melancholy by nature, but um, probably why I get along so well in the job. But um, it's so, so rewarding. Um, to, it's just such a, I don't know, an emotional expenditure. Maybe some people couldn't handle that, but I really like feeling intense emotion like that. Um, and there's a lot when you deal with grief. Some of my favorite things are um, going on house calls and just meeting a family at like, just like a real unstaged, deep, deep time in their life when they're grieving, be it like if someone died in hospice care at their house or if they just found someone dead in their house. It's like a very weird, surreal time, but I enjoy it. Are you going into these calls by yourself or is it you and a partner? Um, when I go to a house, it's a partner or if it's someone larger at like a hospital, then I go with a partner. But if it's at a morgue or a hospital or a hospice, then it's by myself. And then somebody just helps you get the body, somebody that works there or something? Um, I don't even typically need help. I get, I get that question a lot. Like, are, they look at me and they're like, are you You have rollers or something like capable? that? Or? I have a cot that I put yeah. them on. And um, if they die in a facility like that, then it's just a matter of pulling them from one bed to the cot. It's very easy. Um, when someone dies unexpectedly at the house, then it, then you're adding a whole bunch of logistics in, and that's where it gets kind of complicated. Because people don't always die in a nice way. You have to pick them up from weird places. 
have have you encountered anything that I mean, you seem unflappable. I, you know, I everything that you've described so far, I would be terrified and like, you know, a woman in, in a cartoon jumping on a table uh, because a mouse is there, or something like that. Um, wh- like, have you just you know, like you're discovering bodies as they've died before anybody has you know, had a chance to straighten anything up or any, you know, yeah, it's just you're the one. Times. So like, what have you, has anything like, have you seen anything that just like, oh fuck? Yeah, there's some fucked up shit by and large. Um, you know, it's not always that way. And I'll try and be as discreet as possible, but yeah, there's like, I'll walk in and- No, don't um, be discreet. Oh, you want the, the gross shit? I walk? want it all. Um, I want it all. Don't say any names. No, I can't even remember their names. They all sort of blur. But, um, okay, recently I had to do a house call um, not too far from where you live. And, because uh, I go all over the city. And, um, yeah, it, it was typical house call. Man just found dead. Um, daughter was really upset staying. He was on, I don't know, like the third floor of the apartment building and she was downstairs. Um, didn't go anywhere near the room. Um, couldn't really talk to her because she was just a mess and come to figure out why. When you walk in, his his living situation is just like abhor- abhorrent. Um, like shit, not actual shit, but like clutter. Like hoarder, hoarder type thing? Kind of, mostly just cluttered. I, I've seen actual hoarders. That wasn't a hoarder. It was just like a probably mental illness. I don't know. Just um, cakes from Kroger Bakery on sale, bought everywhere but never opened. And um, his grinder on the table which I thought was kind of funny because the police were there but what are they going to do yeah uh, for like weed and shit oh weed grinder okay Um, so yeah people don't (laughs) you can't stage this Um, shit all over the floor um, cockroaches everywhere uh, in all stages of life and I thought it was really funny Um, just like 15 plus raid bottles everywhere clearly they didn't really help but the guy just I don't know what happened just died uh, naked in his like kind of front room area um, and had been down for I don't know several days he'd been there for several days before yeah he was it discovered. was gross it was pretty gross it's not like I don't get a lot of calls like that um, so it's not it's probably the worst one I've seen but it's not that bad in comparison to other things I'm sure but you're not doing crime scenes I guess no because yeah. um, the coroner takes over that uh, it's a whole weird process but um, if there's no probable cause to have an autopsy then I come in and pick the person up if there is like suspicion of foul play or people don't understand why this healthy person just died then the coroner will come in but yeah this person um, an older man I don't know how old um, was evidently written off by the coroner as like, well, that makes sense that he died. He might have had like a past history with disease. The coroner calls a doctor and figures it all out. Um, but yeah. Go, go on, go, go on. Uh, no, he was just, um, he was really gross. I mean, you see some shit that when you go into your grocery shopping or whatever, you can't unsee it. Like this guy was just rotting on his floor. I had to go and pick it up. Someone has to do it, you know? Do you have a hazmat suit or something for that? No. Um, sometimes I wish people would prep us in advance. I got shoe covers, and I put those on. Um, I wish that I had the forethought to bring a like little face mask. 
because it smelled really bad, and I have a horrible gag reflex. What do you do with your hair? You know, uh, bring, bring um, what are those called? Hair ties all the time. You, you have to. Um, the times that you don't are pain in the ass, and just hope that it doesn't get on you. Um, but yeah, we took care of that. Took him straight to the crematory because there was no way he could be viewed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you see some shit. But by and large, it's. I don't. I don't know. By and large, it's more typically more medical or whatever than that. Do, do most people shit their pants? Um, I mean, yeah. Pee themselves and uh, stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's just what happens. Uh, your muscles loose, loosen and, um, I mean, it doesn't happen like every single time. I don't go to shift someone and they shit themselves, but um, yeah, you, you see all sorts of stuff coming out of places you didn't think it would come out of. Ay, ay, ay. So what's the procedure like? So his daughter, she found him? I don't know. I'm assuming that she did. She certainly would have seen him just based on how she was. Um, she couldn't really talk with me. She was just in tears. So how did they, how did she, so when someone dies, mm -hmm. you find them, you call the coroner? I mean, you know, are you call 911? I would or? assume, and, and this is not as, I haven't found someone yeah, sure. dead before. But probably, you know, she hadn't heard from her dad for a while, went to go check on him, um, and then had to call the police because maybe the, he wouldn't answer the door, you know? Yeah. Couldn't. Um, and I guess that's how it happened. I was talking to the police on the scene when I got there, and they had been there for six hours. So, like, it's not always a fast process getting a hold of the coroner, getting a hold of the doctor, and um, felt bad for those guys. They, they didn't even change their shift. They were just there. Um, there's a whole bureaucratic process to death that you don't really think about but how do you exists. feel about that Bureau the bureaucracy of it yeah i mean it's insane but um it makes sense because that's how our society is structured um yeah i don't i don't know do it but you don't feel like do when you die when i personally die yeah yeah like how do you want to be treated? You know, how do you, how, how do you feel like you, you'd want things to go? I feel a great sense of comfort knowing that I'm going to go to be, I'm gonna, my body is going to be processed, if you will, uh, through the funeral home that I work at. I like knowing that, um, I mean, hopefully I don't die anytime soon, knock on wood, and hopefully, um, hopefully not my bosses are going to be the ones burying me. That would be hard on them. But I know that I'm taken care of. Um, you you already have it written out with the funeral home the whole night. No, 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 I don't have anything planned. I'm so um, so young that there's no need to like put it down in stone. However, um, I mean the way that uh, you know that my 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 work is my family, so we just talk about what's going to happen, not in depth, but like, I know that Jane's going to embalm me. I know that Cornbread, the other embalmer, isn't going to embalm me because. Even though he's nice and all, I like how Jane does it more. Um, His name's fucking Cornbread? He's from Iowa, so that's why. It's not actually Cornbread. Oh, okay. Change his name for uh, identity purposes. Yeah. So. What's going to happen to you when you die? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, personally, I don't love all that bureaucratic stuff or being or my body being handled by different people and you know yeah i kind of want it to be 
I don't know, I would want it to be the, my loved ones maybe handling my body and dealing with it and putting, you know, like almost like burying it in the backyard in a shroud or something rather than, you know, I don't want to be in a casket. I don't want to be well, yeah. like, I don't know. All that stuff seems a bit weird to me, but I, I'm not as up close and personal and familiar with death as you are. Like, yeah. I, you know, I've had many you know, loved ones and, and friends and, and sort of friends of friends pass away. But, yeah. but you know, I haven't, I have not found anybody dead. I don't think I've even seen a dead body up close. I think far yeah. away I have, but. You um, mean like, like someone that just died or something? You don't I, mean like at a funeral, you've been to funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen bodies at funerals, but like, I mean, we don't really do that, um, Jews, you no, know. No, no, you as, don't. As much. No, you just sort of do the what the the washing and it's all ceremonial yeah um which i i like that i think that that's the way to do it to to keep i don't know like to have a tradition like that is really important and to make Who's it supposed so, to, you're saying the people the family's supposed to wash the body yeah or the what is it called hebra or something hebra kaddish okay. i don't know so I, I, I don't know kaddish is the word yeah but i don't know yeah. i don't really know uh, that's a thing i don't know i'm yeah. not jewish <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be able to do it but, yeah, I've never sort of been right up front and close and personal with it like you have many, many, many times. Do you think it would bother you if you were? I think I think it would, yes. I mean, you seem to be a person that um, has probably thought about death in many different ways um, in your life. I'm wondering, do you, do you feel, like, anxious about it? Do you feel, like, uh, it's really multifaceted. Yeah, I think it's multifaceted. I think that... I don't know what sort of freaks me out and you know in, in seeing like bodies at funerals and stuff is sort of that like it's the person that you knew but not really yeah. you know what I mean like it's whatever whatever they are isn't there anymore it's mm -hmm. it really is just their sort of like mortal coil you know what I mean their meat body yeah meat yep their flesh sack yeah, and the and the the person that you knew is is uh, no longer there, and and maybe no longer anywhere, or maybe their essence is back to the essence, or yeah, whatever that, the fuck. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Do you have any feelings about that stuff? Do you have any feelings about afterlife or about, uh, you know, shit like that? Yeah, God or bigger things like that. Oh no, I have no thoughts. I've never <laughs> thought about God before. Um, yeah, I do. I I used to not. Um, believe one way or another in an afterlife. Uh, I was raised like, Presbyterian, but didn't really care about it. Um, I never really identified as like believing in God, the Father, reigning above us, um, and didn't think much of it. But yeah, fast forward to... I guess I wasn't even technically a worker at the funeral home. I was doing my co-op at school there. Um, we at had the to same do, funeral home? Yeah, at the same one. They liked me enough to keep me on after my co-op ended. Um, yeah, I had to... This is really, really weird. I had to um, bury a former co-worker of mine. She, she and I worked at um, Kroger together, and... Um, yeah, she just died of cancer. I didn't know her that well, but we worked in the same department. 
at the same program. Um, yeah, but like on different shifts. So like I would hardly ever talk to her. I just knew that she existed. Um, and yeah, it was a surprise when I saw that she died. And I was, um, I don't know, I was really quite new at the job still, didn't really know what I was doing, but it felt really strange to like see someone that I knew vaguely um, and see her lying there. Again, like sort of that like imposter sort of, she's not there, but she is there feeling. Um, didn't, I don't know. I didn't think much about it. I wasn't thinking about her soul or anything, but around the time that we buried her, I don't know if it was before or after it happened, but around the time that we were putting her into the ground, um, she, she came to visit me in the middle of the night, which is really strange. This is speaking to someone that like, didn't particularly believe in ghosts. I did not, but like, they, they never made themselves apparent to me. Um, and actually, this was right around the time that I saw you. I don't know, you did that movie thing. Yes. Um, yeah, so you met me or saw me at like this really weird point in my life then because I was really shaken. Like, this person just like came and visited me. I didn't see her, but I heard her um, and I felt her. Um, it, were you sleeping or were you? I, she woke me up in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, I, I just heard like sobbing in my head in, I don't know. It wasn't three but it wasn't in the morning. You. No, it wasn't me, and I can recognize her voice. She had a very distinct, like, low voice, um, and slow talking voice. And her—I never heard her cry before, but she woke me up, and it just—I heard it like in my brain, like in her monologue, sort of. Um, and I asked her, like, "Is that you?" And she said, "Yes." Um, and she didn't—we didn't really talk much, but she was just really. It just felt really scared. The, the presence of her felt, uh, yeah, upset, concerned, sad. I'm a whole wave and mixture of emotions that I can't even begin to describe. Um, and I'd be fucking terrified too. I mean, you just died. You left your family. You left your, your three young kids and your husband. And now you're in this state that isn't like anything that you've felt before, evidently, or that you can remember. Um, so... I don't know what made me start doing this, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, I started saying the Lord's Prayer. Um, again, I was so new at the funeral home that I didn't, and I'm not really religious, I didn't know it too well off the top of my head. Now I can say it in my sleep. But Why, why do you have to know the Lord's Prayer? Because um, I go to church a lot for work, not on my own personally. But um, yeah, you just pick up prayers. Uh, so now I know the Hail Mary and I know the Lord's Prayer. Was she Catholic? She was Catholic, yeah. I, I deal primarily with Catholic families, not exclusively. But, um, yeah, so I just thought I'm going to say a prayer because that's what you do. So we, I started saying the Lord's Prayer in my head. Um, and I couldn't hear her also saying it, but I felt... Um, the energy changed from overwhelming sadness to, like, excited or I, I don't know, something excited. And I think what it boiled down to is just, there's a great comfort in, um, in saying these prayers, whether or not you are Christian or whatever. Um, it, yeah, there's, it, it brought her, I don't know, hopefully peace. I don't know anymore. It's been a year since I 
over a year since I talked to her. It was at one time. Can you explain that at all? The, 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 the fact that she sort of visited you in your sleep, like, you know, is the, have, you, have you sort of analyzed that and thought through it at all? Um, yeah, kind, kind of. I don't know why it happened. I can't ever pinpoint it down. But um, I think one of the reasons is, one, she knew me. Uh, so she, the way I'm imagining how this all plays out, because I don't know the afterlife just as the next guy. I mean, no one really knows what's going to happen after this. But um, I just imagine this person, the, one, the woman who, who visited me, just like floating about in the ether or existing in the ether um, and is lost and confused. Um, and she is floating about and she sees or senses me um, because she knows me and because I had contact with her dead body. Um, and I don't know why I, I was chose as a channel, but um, maybe I was just receptive. I know at the time, if you're into this sort of thing, both the sun and the moon were in Scorpio. So um, the veil between the life and afterlife were very, is very thin. Um, I can only... Do you believe in that sort of stuff? Hell yeah, I do. I've got a fucking book about astrology on my, oh, okay. <laughs> on my coffee table. Uh, whatever helps me sleep at night, that's all it is. Um, but yeah, she just needed a conduit, and I was that, and that really freaked me out. I'm not a conduit for spirits. Uh, is that the only person that's ever visited you? Yeah, which is strange. I thought that there would be more, and maybe there will be, but um, so far, that's the only one. I don't know why. Have you watched Six Feet Under yet? Um, just like the first season or two is pretty good, pretty and good. actually fairly accurate. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he gets visited all the time. Yeah, 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 but especially by his, um, does a dad pop up to him? Dad pops up a lot, yeah. but also just other people that... Yeah, he's working on. Yeah. I remember he was, like, working on a gay man and identified with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to the, the dead people when I... One of my favorite parts is, um, like, again, putting makeup on people. That's how I started, <clears throat> and dressing them. It's just, like, very quiet, intimate time, um... And just I'll, you and the body down there. Yeah, yeah, and I talk to them. They don't ever talk back, and I don't hear them, but, like, I don't know, just, it's like, uh, I guess. I kind of yell at them, because they don't, they have a tendency not to cooperate. I mean, okay, like, hey, move your, move your arm. I need to get, like, your, your hand into this awkward shirt. Just, why aren't you cooperating? That sort of thing. Yeah. They don't listen. Do, you, do families give you certain clothes? Is that like a thing? Yeah, that's definitely a thing. I've also had to buy clothes for people before, which I think used to be more common, but not anymore. People bringing clothes. Um, trying to think of like weird things that I've buried people in. Is it, has anybody put weird shit in the casket? Um, I've heard stories. I know that like my boss loves to tell a story of someone putting a, a golf ball in the casket because dad was a huge golfer, uh, but they didn't tell my boss that they put it in there. Why would they? You wouldn't think to do that, but... At the funeral, they put it in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and it gave my boss, like, a huge scare, because they closed the casket, and then they went to transport it from inside. Around. Yeah, and it's making a noise, like, like, pooping. Oh, my God. Like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I mean, people put shit in there all the time. Yeah. Um, Nothing too weird. I haven't seen, like, bongs or anything. Yeah. At least not my clientele. I'm sure someone does, but not mine. Yeah. Um, 
Do you smoke weed ever? I do smoke weed. Do, do, do you ever, like, has it changed since you've been doing this job? Like, do, do you ever start to go down weird paths in your mind? I think I scary always paths. do. Um, not scary. Uh, I'm surprised that I'm not freaked out more often. I live by myself, and, yeah, I mean, I also have my lights off all the time because I'm cheap. So, you know, I, you would think I'm, like, afraid of the dark if I'm if I'm smoking weed and thinking about the shit that I've seen that day, like, you know, that rotting guy in his house. But, no, I, I'm not. Um, if anything, it just keeps me more sane. That's very strange, but keeps shit real for me. <laughs> But yeah, I do smoke weed. It's like one of the ways to get by. Sort of turn off uh, all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, because it's. In your head. I mean, I'm constantly on. I mean, I'm on call like all the time. So. What happens if you if you smoke a bowl and then all of a sudden you, you get a call? Pick somebody up. Shh. I just gotta get. Gotta, call get, in, gotta <laughs> get in a headspace. Yeah, essentially. Um, I'm getting to the point, and you know, I don't know if it's like ethical or not. That that's up for debate, and. Fuck, my whole field is, is like, rife with ethical problems. Not problems, but, like... Questions. Yeah, questions. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. But, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not, like, smoking a huge blunt before going out on calls, but, like, I know how to take care of a situation sober or not. Based, this is speaking as, like, I know how to talk to a family that's what it boils down to. Um, yeah, it's it's not that hard. <laughs> do you? How do you keep from feeling all the emotions of the family like that? I'm, I'm, no, I feel I'm, it. I, yeah. I feel it. But that's that's where I feel comfortable. Um, you know, I'm I'm an emotional person, and I think that the path that I've chosen for myself allows me to um, take hold of my emotions and channel them into something more productive. Um, yeah, cause it's, because it's you hard. already feel misery. Is that what you mean? I think so. I I really do, and it's um, I mean, is maybe I don't know. I don't know if that's like a good quality to have, but like, if I'm going to be miserable, I might as well be like productive. You know. I don't know. I used to. I joke that like I used to think about death all the time, but now I get paid think about death all the time it's great <laughs> what did you used to think about it did you think about your own yeah and I, I think that a lot of it um and this is like some personal shit but like I think what it boiled down to was um just me being the the unproductiveness made me just almost suicidal I mean I wasn't like trying to kill myself actively all the time but um yeah I was just miserable just sad because I thought about death um and maybe that's that's why I went into the field. I don't know. It just seems so natural to do it. Have you cried with families? Um, or do you keep a stiff upper lip? That's hard for me not for for me to keep a stiff upper lip. It's it's hard. Um, I don't think I've actively cried, but um, no, I've had like touching moments for sure. There was a, a widower who just found himself attached to me. Um, maybe it's because I'm a PYT. Maybe it's because I just had like a sensitive touch that he needed. Um, but I remember he came in to like drop off clothes a couple days before his 
the, his wife's burial. Um, and he just looked so miserable. And it, I mean, that should go without saying, but he was generally, um, I mean, he wasn't a wreck. He was able to like plan the funeral with us and, and go through the motions. But when he handed me the clothes, he just looked so upset and I stopped what I was doing, which was taking the clothes from him. And I was like, do you, look, do you need, do you need a hug? He's like, actually, yeah, I do. Um, so I, I gave him a, a hug and didn't really think much of it. But after the funeral and all of that, I got a, a card from him in the mail that was just like thanking me for what I do. And um, he said something like, I was like a light in the lowest, most horrible point of his life. And it's a horrible time that he's in, but he was grateful for me. That was really nice. I mean, um, you don't get that in other jobs. He said, by the way, I found myself newly single. Yeah, so I, that was a joke around. It's <laughs> like, oh, he, he rebounded Sorry. quick. I don't know if you guys joke like that. Uh, you have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. If you don't, you lose your mind. The shit like burying kids, we don't do that often, but that's really rough. And yeah, have you had to do that? Have Only you had to once. Pick up a kid? Um, I hadn't, I didn't pick her up from the coroner. Uh, but yeah. You worked on her? Yeah. She was five months old and this is speaking to someone who doesn't really like kids, doesn't find babies cute, anything like that. But my God, that baby was the most attractive baby I've ever seen. She was just like angelic. Um, that's no comfort to the parents, but, um, yeah, that working on that child and I don't know if working is like a good term to use, but it really is an undertaking, putting on a funeral, so it is work. Um, it's an undertaking? It's an undertaking. No pun intended? Pun fully intended. That's why I prefer the term undertaker as yeah. opposed to mortician or whatever. But, yeah, the, working on that, working on that ba beautiful baby, wow, really took a lot out of me. And I was emotionally fucked up for probably a month. I mean, I, I still remember her, and it, it upsets me, but, like, I'm not crying at bars to strangers anymore. You were doing that? Yeah, not on call though. Just want to put that out there. I don't drink on call. That's fucked up. Don't yeah. drink and drive. Other things you can do. But, um, yeah, I mean, it gets hard. It's really emotional shit sometimes. Although burying, you know, great aunt Sarah, that ain't, that ain't hard. Burying what? Burying great aunt Sarah, you know, older oh, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People think that like, oh, how could you do that job? It's so sad, but... I mean, everyone's gonna die. Someone's gotta do it, might as well be me. Anything else that's kind of stuck with you, like, so far? What do you have in mind? Like, um, well, any situations that you've been in that have sort of changed you, you feel like? Or the whole, or how has the whole thing changed you? Um, I feel like I'm more confident now it doesn't sound like it, but I, I really am. Um, a couple days ago, I just, like there, there was someone in my family that, that passed away and um, she was my aunt's mother-in-law. So, you know, enough distance that I'm not emotionally wrecked. And she's elderly. Yeah, she was 105. Wow. wow. Yeah, born in 1913. Um, but that I found I'm, I'm really glad, <laughs> sounds fucked up, but I'm really glad that she died because um, I was able to, 
be, you know, I'm not licensed as a funeral director yet. I will be, but um, I was the funeral director then and there. I was able to be the confident um, face of the funeral home. Um, you know, I've done this shit before. And she, she went through your home. Yeah, 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 for sure. She was already prearranged, prearranged 20 years ago. So, um, no, it's, it was good to, to feel useful to, to be able to do this service for people. Um, yeah, it, that felt really nice to do for my family. Do, do you feel like, and sort of coming to somewhat of a close here, do you feel like you can do this long term? Is this, is this like, are you, are you set in? Are you like yeah, ready yeah. to go and move, work your way up through the funeral home I can't, and whatever? I can't do anything else. Um, I was just thinking about this in the shower a little bit ago that like, you know, no one can predict their life. Um, but I could honestly see myself just like eventually moving probably into that funeral home, moving into that funeral home and just like living there and, and living that life completely. And you, um, you, what, 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 what do you mean? Someone has to, someone lives there. Yeah. Someone lives there right now. Um, he's our embalmer, but, um, yeah, people, people live at funeral homes. They do that all the time. And then you're sort of expected to maybe not answer the phone 24 seven, but just be there. I don't know. You sort of, if somebody comes, yeah, in, you like babysit the funeral. Yeah. Home. Um, but I would do that not for a while. I'm sort of enjoying my independence as a, as a single young woman, but, um, shoot, I would just work for the rest of my life doing this. I really can't do anything else. You can't go back to a, whatever a normal job is after seeing the shit that you see here. Right. I yeah. can't even, I mean, I, and honestly, I think it takes a very specific type of person. Like, I don't think just anyone can do that were, job. Yeah. No, I wish, because, you know, we're kind of hiring. I know if we you need cu- I feel like if you're cut out for it, you kind of have the responsibility to do it almost. Like, because, like, yeah. so few people... People don't want to do... Want to do that. Yeah, it's an all-consuming job. I mean, no one wants to be on call, but you got to do it. No one wants to... I don't know, pick up someone really gross, but you gotta do it. Um, but there's nothing else I'd rather do. Nothing else I can do. Are you afraid of death? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's out there. I know I'm in good hands. Um, Your body? Yeah, my body. And I think, I think that my soul, or whatever you want to call it, is in a good place. And that I'm... Yeah, I have my shit together. I think I'll have my shit together when I'm dead too, but I guess we'll see. Do do you, how do you want to die? <laughs> you don't, you don't have, that's, that doesn't If you uh, had compute. the choice, obviously you don't have the choice. Well, if it's the choice and I guess like suicide, I don't that's know. A, well, that's what you said, that's what you're gonna say. You would prefer to die. You don't have a choice. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not suicidal at all, but... Um, For instance, you know, do you want to be, like, I don't know, in an accident? Do you want to have a heart attack and die in your sleep? Do you want to go I think years I'm gonna, of, of, of depressing I don't have a choice. Sickness? Yeah, I would love to just be terminally ill. No. Um, I, th- I think I'm going to probably get cancer. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Well, that's not good because of family <laughs> stuff. No, well, p- partially, but also um, 
I've smoked many cigarettes in my life, and also I deal with formaldehyde a lot. So that's, that's carcinogenic. Um, oh hell yeah! Uh, not just in the state of California. Are you careful um, with it? I could be more so, and I think a lot. That's not just me. Um, people could be more careful all all over. I've seen many funeral home employees. It's like not just my funeral home, but um, you know, you could be wearing a mask. I don't wear a mask. I wear gloves and I wear an apron, tie my hair back, that's pretty much it. Um, we gotta get you a mask. Yeah, I ain't gonna, that ain't gonna help it. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm just gonna die. How are you gonna die, that's all. You don't have control of it. You relinquish it when you die. Do you feel okay about that? Yes, I sleep well at night knowing that it's all faded. So your fears have more to do with whatever is next after yeah. life. Yeah, that I don't know. Yeah. Um, hopefully people will just say some prayers for me. That's all you can do, it seems. Just keep saying the Lord's Prayer, I guess. Or Hail Mary, although I'm not Catholic. Thank you very much, Katie, for doing this. And I, I, I will uh, say some prayers for you. Cheers. As I fall asleep. Say bye to the people out there. See you guys. Cheers. Yeah, y'all. That's a, a quote of a sample off of uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, Tribe Called Quest, 1996, I think, seven maybe. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I promise you, as soon as I'm able, I will be editing those next two episodes for you guys, okay? In the meantime, go back and check out some old episodes. You know, there are some really great old episodes that have just been covered over by the, the sands of time. So, you know, go back and, and, and check out uh, Brent Weinbach or, or uh, the Lord episode, the famous Lord episode, or, or uh, great episode with Jordan Feynman, an old friend of ours. Uh, the great talk about spirituality and stuff. So there, there's some good stuff you can check out. Look through the archives, find someone who you, you may be a fan of or someone you've never heard of and just just uh, just give it a listen. And if it doesn't suit you right away, pop over to another one. Uh, but there's some good stuff in there. Okay, and now I would like to give one major shout out to my Patreon executive Producers, these are folks that went over to patreon.com slash the wandering wolf and decided to pledge their undying loyalty to the wandering wolf podcast uh, and donate five dollars or more a month. That's what the executive producers donated. You can donate anything you want, you can donate 10 cents, and that's all good. Uh, okay, but these are my Patreon executive producers, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Chase, Alexis Johnson, Andrew Lark, Anna Stevenson, Anthony Duenas, Caitlin Augustine, Drew Nocton, Cemetery Chips, Dylan Rowe, Emma Ridgeway, Evan Gordon, Ian Tankersley, Jake Huntley, Jesse Gillenwalters, Jesse Squires, Jesse's are spelled differently, by the way, Kenneth Leanne, Matt Hill, Merrick Jarmulowitz, Michael Miller, Michael Payne, those Michaels are spelled the same. Paul Solorzano, Pepo Marquez, Robert Hess, Simon Bird, and the Ark of E Network. Thank you guys so, so much. You are much appreciated, as is anyone who 
gave over there at patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf. Thanks, y'all. Also, go over to whywithaquestionmark.com slash tour. That's W-H-Y-W-I-T-H-A-Q-U-E, etc. Like why with a question mark. Go over there and get your tickets for the Fall Y Tour. That's my band. Uh, it's good music, family fun. You know, there's some curses, but but uh, nonetheless, you know, I don't know what kind of family you're running, but, you know, in my family, you know, it's okay. You say a little hell, uh, it's all right. U.S. tour in August, September. Europe tour, not announced yet, but these are for my wandering wolfers. I'm, what, you think I'm going to hold back information from you guys? Eek, no, think so. That tour, the Europe tour, will be in November. You'll be privy to those dates soon enough, but the U.S. dates are all announced. Uh, they are with the band Barry and a few dates with Anna Birch. Okay, let's ride on out of here. Good hanging with you guys for a bit, and I will be back as soon as possible. Please send me your, your, your well wishes and your love and support during my time of surgery, and uh, I will be back stronger than ever. Thanks, you guys. Keep wandering. Like that.